0: Hey buddy lawyers, welcome to the podcast. Today we have with us Mr. Anshuman Sahu who is an advocate from Odisha High Court, Katak and he has several publications and book chapters to his name from several noted publishers including the likes of IIT Roorkee. He has also served as an editorial board member of few journals including the Journal of Sports Law, Policy and Governance by NLU Assam. He also is a founding director of an NGO named Law Matters Center for Research, Education and Social Action which acts as an action resource think tank focusing in the rural parts of Western Odisha. So, as we all know now that Anshuman has a good experience in legal research. So, today we will be talking about tips and answering all those questions, all those how-tos regarding legal research. Let's start from the basics. Okay, what is a research and what is a research paper? I mean, one can guess it right in a literal sense, but I'm sure you have some more valuable definitions
1: to add here. Thanks, Prasanna, for the wonderful introduction. So let's start with research. Uh, Before focusing on research paper, I think we should get our ideas clear about what is research talking about the literal meaning that people uh, assign to research actually many of the research methodology books they 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 start with this definition that research simply means re and search to search again right but i think it's a uh, first it's a um, it's not doing justice to the concept of research uh, i think it's a very redu- reductive definition and a uh, second i think very uh, it's very ambiguous it's bad, like uh, search again what do we search what do we search again so it doesn't tell anything So, I think we can uh, try to understand research in a better way. So, it's a quest for answers to questions. What type of questions? It can be any type of question. So, uh, research, I think it can be understood as the process of finding answers to a question in a a scientific manner, following a scientific process. So, uh, what do I mean? I keep saying scientific process, scientific manner. So, what do I mean by this? What does scientific process mean at all? I mean a positive answer, not a normative one. It should be an answer that is not merely an opinion of the researcher, but an attempt to discern the truth. It should be a quest for the truth. And it should be a commitment to a neutral, rational and unbiased thinking and investigation. And actually a researcher always promises the audience to come up with the highest standards of rigor when analyzing an answer for a question. So how does one do that? That's that's the question. So, uh, in fact, it's not as complicated as it may seem. So, uh, the whole process is quite defined. This is a very comprehensive definition I
0: have heard from someone, like regarding research. I doubt people who are researching, like maybe those who are professional researchers, like working as a researcher and all in any field, even they'll uh, define it somewhere as uh, you have defined. But... Uh, In general, like people like us uh, who are researching for some uh, maybe in a moot court uh, competition they are researching or uh, some other uh, researching for some um, like a paper or uh, something else like class assignment, uh, they won't, (laughs) if one one asks them uh, the definition of research, one will not be able to define it in such a way. Like it is just like finding facts, uh, finding resources, collaborating your Facts
1: and all, that's it. Uh, actually, that's, that's interesting because uh, the way that uh, actually what many teachers think, the many teachers think that students do not need to know the whole answer. So they do not tell them this definition. They don't explain research in this way. So I think, I think that's a terrible crime because, uh, see, uh, let's take a different example. Let's say you are explaining IPC to someone. You are explaining what is criminal law. So the definition of crime will be same for Ram, Jetmalani and even me. Well, the levels of understanding may be different. The levels of application may be different. But crime means the same for him and same for me and same for everyone else, right? So I think research, uh, it should be always explained and understood in a very comprehensive manner. And in fact, uh, there is uh, there are specific applications like the mood code research, that's a different kind of research. Legal research, that's sort of different. Academic research, that's a little little bit different. But I think the basic foundation, it's same for everything. Like, like the, I was saying, the scientific process, so it's, it's a pretty defined process. It starts with asking a question and after asking a question of what the researcher, he is expected to get some background knowledge about the question. Uh, so we read things related to this, so we can go to any other source, uh, any other sources to, to get some background knowledge about the question. And after we get some background knowledge, then uh, we we'll do a review of literature, literature review. We call that to get an idea whether people specifically scholars, so whether scholars have ever told anything about this question ever before us. So has uh it's in simple words, literature review is all about finding out whether people have asked this question before us, before me. So we then go through their answers and uh we then go through the uh, we then examine whether we are asking a new question. Because if this question has been already asked, then there is no point of wasting our time. But uh, in fact, most of the time, it turns out that your question has the potential to be a new question. Because let's say, uh, what's the law relating to crime? Many, many people have asked that. What's the law relating to the crime of a certain crime? Let's say theft. So many people have asked that. But chances are very high that many people have asked that in a very different context. So context may vary. The situations may vary. So, there is a very high probability that the question you are asking, it has some sort of uniqueness. Now, after doing literature review, we do a gap analysis to discover what is the uniqueness of our question. What is the part of a question that has never been answered ever before in the history of law or in the history of everything knowledge. So now our journey, our motivation, our motive becomes to discover the answer to that part of the question, that unique part that has never been asked before. So uh, to find out answer to that part, we then collect data, the data that will support us in answering the question, then we analyze the data, then we reach to a conclusion. So this is the whole scientific process asking a question, doing some literature review to know whether anybody has asked that question ever before, or if that has been asked, then whether it was different or the exact same question. What was the context? Yes. And if that question was asked in a different question a context, then how it was different? What is the uniqueness? What is the novelty in my question? That's the second process, second step. Third step is collecting data to find answers. The fourth step is analyzing the data I have collected and the last step is reaching to a conclusion. So this is the scientific process. Now what is research paper? Now that we have understood what is research, research paper becomes very simple. Mm,
2: yes.
1: Research paper is nothing but uh, simply a report of all these things. All these things that we have done, all the five steps. To put it simply,
0: whatever you uh, said about research, the whole uh, five to six steps, putting that thing in a document, uh, well formatted.
1: Actually, I'm talking about the format. The format may differ from journal to journal. Some journal may want you to include the literature review. Some may not want you to. So that differs from journal to journal. But the main research, this is the thing. Anyway, so the steps of research, that's a different thing. But uh, this is the thing let's start with a legal uh, example. Let's uh, take a legal example. Let's say uh, the question we have in our hands is, uh, what is the law relating to the requirement of originality in copyright law in India? So how original my work needs to be in order for it to be protectable by copyright law? So uh, how do we go on with the scientific process? So that's the question, we came up with the question in the research context, it's called research question. First, we need to do a background research on, uh, so background research, uh, I must specify it, uh, research question and literature review, the thing, the step we take right after background research, they both are mentioned in a research paper, but the background research part, that's never mentioned in a research paper, research report, nothing. The sole purpose of a background research is to gain knowledge, get an idea about what things are. So we need to do a background research on what is originality, why is it so important for the copyright law, copyright protectability. Now we move on to the literature review. We do a literature review of what other scholars have wrote regarding the requirement of originality of copyright, why copyright should be original. So we get the literature, we may uh, actually when saying literature, actually there is a very specific definition of what is literature. We cannot uh, pick up any article and say it's a literature. So anyway, we'll be talking about that later. So uh, this literature it may in simple terms, it may include legal journals, judgments, law commission report, and then we go on to collect data. So when we when we say uh, legal data in legal research, data doesn't mean lab data. So in legal research, data simply means case law and judgments, right? Yeah. So hmm. case law, uh, statutes, judgments, these things, and sometimes other it
0: sometimes it may also include numbers, right? Oh
1: uh, yeah. So so for example,
0: thing. data from the e courts website.
1: Exactly. That's a, that's a uh, empirical legal research. That's a whole new field, emerging field of legal research, and it's quite interesting. Yeah. so in uh, yeah so uh, all i was trying to point out is that in law that we don't need to think actually many people get confused ki, what is data in law we don't have uh, because numbers that comes very rarely we yeah. don't have much numbers in law so mm-hmm. most of us we took up law as a career choice because we were weak in mathematics while in school <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah
2: so
1: uh, we don't see numbers and we get all confused. We don't see any numbers. Where is the data? So uh, here, I, I just wanted to clear this up. The data doesn't mean numbers. It can also be case law. It can also be judgments. So data can mean anything. Then we analyze those data and then we come up to reach to a conclusion that, okay, th- these are the requirements for originality in copyright law in India. I think that example was yeah, just you
0: a, So you uh, touched the second point regarding literature. And then uh, the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth point.
1: Can you just quickly go through with okay. that
0: example?
1: Actually, see, first point is coming up with a research question. This is really yeah. important. Yeah. Many people actually, what they do, they uh, say, okay, I'm I'll be writing a research paper, and they start uh, directly in front of a laptop, opening a Word document. So that doesn't work. First, hmm. you have to come up with a question. So hmm. inquisitiveness. That's the beginning of beginning of a research. Then. Uh, or the, not the ne- all the next steps they are about all about answering that question. So the first step is research question. Second step is literature review. The hmm. third step is data collection, then data analysis, and then conclusion. It's simple, like a uh,
2: oh, question. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, if you see whenever we have a question, or uh, be it research or not, we exactly follow this type of or uh, this these steps. But it's uh, we just don't know that we are following these steps. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So when right. a, whenever we google something, in fact, we follow these steps exactly. What scientific research does, it it actually sort of make these steps obligatory. And you note down these steps formally. So there is nothing new. It's nothing like heavenly new or totally novel. Yeah. Uh,
0: the point is because when we do any random research, we don't go in the sequence. We may this, go in the fifth step and then move on right. to the second step. So this is... Uh, Sequence which is very uh, good to get the research done fast and get quality research.
1: Exactly. Quality. It's the main. Mm. you are here.
0: Now, uh, can you tell us any types of research papers? Like, we know that there is a scientific research paper now and there is uh, something called a legal research paper. But are there any further divisions in
1: legal research paper also? First, the uh, very foundational answer, actually, uh, my teacher who taught me research methodology, so he had this strong belief, he was saying all, this, uh, all these people categorizing research, saying this is doctrinal research, non doctrinal research, legal research, empirical research, biological research, scientific, he says he was, he strongly believed this was all like meaningless, useless. Mm-hmm. So he said research is simply on the quest for truth and we should view it as such. In fact, uh we often, uh, this may uh, help clarify one question. Uh, I am into interdisciplinary research. So whenever I have to interact with people from other fields like computer science or say chemical engineering, whenever I have to interact with them and so they don't understand what is legal research and they say, ki, okay, research means to, uh scientists, white rocks, uh, scientists in white rock, they are performing with something in their lab. Okay. <laughs> so whenever we say research means, research means that image crosses our mind. So uh, yeah. what? What do you do in legal research? In fact, they go to the extent of asking, ki, do you have a PhD in law? What do mm-hmm. they do in PhD?
2: Yeah?
1: <laughs> okay, so, uh, the thing is, uh, research across all the things, uh, we shall uh, see there are various types of research, right? But mm-hmm. also there are differences in the research methodology. But there are there is some commonality across the uh, types of research. So, uh, let's start with the types of research. So, one type of research that we frequently encounter in legal research is doctrinal research. So, uh, what is doctrinal research? Actually, doctrinal research means uh, many uh, law teachers, they give the students this idea that uh, the research that you do sitting in the library, that's doctrinal research. Okay. So I think that doesn't cl- clarify a lot of things. Like, uh, why? Why shouldn't we it just library research? Why doctrinal research? Yeah. And, why? and if you're doing it simply sitting in the library, then why is not... Why it's not called literature review only?
0: Yeah. Because what I understand is like uh, anyone uh, if we take the literal meaning doctrinal research may mean that uh, students who are pursuing PhD or who have completed their uh, PhD and the research done by them is called doctrinal research because they they have been uh, given the title of doctorate and so even that can be an assumption. Uh, from a uh, layman who who does not know the meaning
1: exactly. In fact, uh, many people in the legal profession, so I go to conferences, conferences seminars, so many people don't know the difference between uh, doctrinal research and non-doctrinal. And what do we exactly mean when we say doctrinal research? So, see, a uh, little historical uh, historical footnote may be helpful in understanding what is doctrinal research actually. So, in fact, see, uh, many around 200-300 years back when Britishers ruled us, we can say in the mid 1850s, we didn't have any codified law, but we have a legal. We had a legal system. So British judges they used to roam around the country in the provincial courts, and they used to uh, set up this temporary courtrooms, and they used to hear the problems, grievances of the, the grievances of the local people, and they used to pass judgment. They let's say someone a, a judge. Starts from Delhi, he then goes to Gujarat, then goes to, then takes a whole tour of India and maybe passes some 100 or 200 judgments and then he gets back to Delhi or then he gets back, gets back to England, right? Why uh, why doctrinal research? Because after getting back to re- England, they all sat together in a sort of a meeting and they noted down all the judgments they have passed. And what were the facts and what what was the judgment that they passed? This ensured that they will be passing similar and consistent judgments in the future. So what they did, here see, uh, understand the thread, uh, what they did was they analyzed, they passed a judgment without uh, paying heed to any of the laws, they passed judgments and out of those judgments, like waving a thread of garlands, out of those judgments, they picked out consistent points of law and they made a provision of law. So because we
2: now see,
1: it's completely, completely opposite, opposite right yeah but mm-hmm. the name name lingers on because because we uh, derive doctrines from judgments. it is called doctrinal research and in fact uh, when we say law in fact nowadays also mo- most of the work is that only because see uh, when we say what is contract the contract act defines uh, any agreement enforceable by law is a contract it's a single line single sentence but when we get to get into the more nuances of, of very complicated situations, then we have to derive the doctrine, many laws, of duct, many doctrines from case law. We have to look at how the situation, how the case, are, how the case was decided when the case was before the courts and from the way the court reacted to the cases, we have to draw a doctrine. Because we are deriving the doctrine from the from various judgments, it is called doctrinal research so uh, many people are uh, actually many people do not understand this and they assign various meanings to doctrinal research so they are like that it's like uh, the differentiation between jungle and forest
0: mm-hmm. so
1: everyone knows there is something but nobody knows <laughs> what is the exact so what
0: what is uh, non doctrinal research then
1: okay so non doctrinal research actually it's about a uh, top to bottom and bottom to top we can say uh, uh if uh, if you are familiar with the concept of deduction and induction Actually, it's simple. Or deduction simply means you have general principles, and then you are applying those general principles to specific cases, and you are then you are determining what should be the application. And induction is you are picking on specific cases. You are coming across a lot of specific cases, and from those specific cases, you are picking out a general thread, and you say, "Achha, this is the this should be the general thread. This should be the generic principle." So, if you want to draw a parallel analogy, I think uh, the case. The law, the we apply the codified law to various situations. That would be sort of a deduction method, and the doctrinal method that would be sort of an induction method.
2: Okay.
1: Non-doctrinal research simply means when we don't derive the doctrines from the cases, but when we apply the doctrines, we have already codified doctrines. We apply them to cases.
0: Okay, or got it. Got it. So, if one and first uh, needs to understand what is doctrinal research, uh, non-doctrinal research is obvi- uh, just the opposite of it. We have yeah. the codified law, we have the doctrines, and we use it for the research instead of picking it from the already established judgments. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. In fact, uh, talking about a, uh, talking about my personal opinion, I don't believe uh, knowing the difference between doctrinal and non-doctrinal research is that necessary. Uh, I think people should know it because it's uh, it, the word doctrinal research. It's used very often in the legal legal fraternity. But I don't think there is any necessity, any um, relevance yeah, true. Yeah. to legal. I think the uh, relevant d- categorization that people should know, that students should actually know is empirical research and non-empirical research. Mm. So when say uh, when we say empirical research, when is, we say actually legal research, it's mostly doctrinal, right? Mm. We we go to the, what are the provisions, codified provisions, we look through what the courts have said, and then we make a conclusion based on that. Uh, or no, I think uh, there is another kind of research, empirical research that people should know, students should know and familiarize themselves with because it's really important. So see empirical research can be in two ways. One is purely empirical legal research. Another is interdisciplinary research. So when I say empirical legal research, an example, I I, I think it will be better with example. Let's say I'm analyzing. Are being treated, how secularism, what is the uh, perception of course towards secularism in the last five years, right? Mm. So what I may do instead of going through all the judgments and reading between the lines, I may simply set up an artificial intelligence software and count the number of times the word dharma has been used in all the judgments in the last five years. And by counting the number of times a word, specific word or a specific phrase has been used, we can then infer, so maybe now, uh, let's say the dharma has been used very frequently hmm. in the recent judgment. And let's say in the more not so recent judgments, in the ancient judgment, in the judgments that dated back to more than 10 years, let's say the word dharma was not used, but religion was used. Hmm. So this trend that now we are the court, the judgments are using the word dharma inst- instead of religion, that points towards a trend that now we are, recognizing a sort of Indic sense, a Indic significance of the nature of religion. We are recognizing that religion is not the same as dharma. So, we are sort of Indianizing or localizing the concept of secularism. So, it may not be also like, I am just giving you an example. Example. How how empirical legal research could work. So, this is purely legal but this is using the empirical means. And another I said interdisciplinary. So, here in the interdisciplinary research, We use insights from other disciplines, right, Uh, insights from economics, insights from uh, maybe behavioral sciences, insights from psychology or computer sciences. So we use insights from various disciplines to answer legal question, very uh, peculiar example of such a research will be, it's a very popular legal research topic nowadays. What is the, uh, what should be the legal personality of artificial intelligence, Hmm. right? So, should the works created by AI receive same protection as the works created by human? What okay. should be the IP protectability of um, works created by artificial intelligence? These are the questions. So, here, here
0: you may be referring to uh, insights from uh, technology space and behavioral sciences and psychology.
1: Uh, see, uh, there is no like hard and fast rule as to which disciplines you want to bring your insights from, right? currently, so yeah, in, in this particular case, these three are more relevant, I think. Yeah, in this particular case. Maybe behavioral sciences won't be that relevant, but uh, see, if you can make it relevant, then it will be relevant. Yeah, uh,
0: but, more, more of psychology is relevant than yeah,
1: behavioral sciences. So, it's, it will be more of jurisprudence and political philosophy. Here, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that law students often miss out on is political philosophy. In fact, uh, much of the law is shaped by political philosophy and economy. Mm-hmm. Economy. So uh, it's a terrible blunder that most law students make is uh, they miss out on political philosophy and economics. So I think every legal research should be informed by insights from political research, political philosophy and economics. See, uh, when you, whenever you talk of concepts or philosophies like state, what is a state? What is right? What is duty? Why should people obey state? So uh, inevitably, you are bringing in some element of political philosophy. Whenever you say policy, whenever you say the public policy or whenever you say uh, state should do that that instead of this. State should focus more on the uh, education rather than uh, border security. So whenever you are forcing the state to choose between two alternatives, we are bringing in insights from economics. So I think those two things, uh, law students should always keep in mind.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to our next question. What does plagiarism mean? And tips to avoid
1: it. Okay. Ah. Uh, See, this question actually I often avoid because uh, uh, maybe it's just my opinion, it's not a researched <laughs> research answer, you know. <laughs> so it's just an opinion. Uh, simply uh, clearing the air around plagiarism. So, plag simply means uh, you are copying someone, you are stealing someone's idea, you are mentioning some idea that is not your own, but you are not citing the source. So, you are sort of using someone else's idea without giving them due credit. So in one way, you are violating their moral right because whenever someone creates something, whenever someone comes up with an idea, they, they sort of have a moral right, right? It's uh, it's only moral that we give them due credit for, for what they have done. So it, you are sort of robbing that person of his moral credit and secondly, you are cheating. You are showing off something as your own which is not exactly yours.
0: Basically, uh, whatever research publications you have written uh if i take it and write down my name on it and publish it like pub- promote it as my research paper then that is plagiarism right in fact uh,
1: exactly and in fact you don't need to take the whole research paper you can simply uh, pick up a paragraph and that will be plagiarism mm-hmm. simply a paragraph even if you are taking a single sentence from my research paper you need to give credit you need to cite the source yeah. so i uh, the base that's to ever... why
0: that's why I'm, uh, all these uh, textbooks and papers uh, on the bottom of it, we can see the footnotes from where exactly. the sources are uh, taken. Like
1: exactly, and that's a sure shot way of getting uh, this uh, way rid of this flag. Because see, uh, you cannot like you cannot come up some come up with some idea that is entirely novel, right? I cannot mm-hmm. come up with an idea that has never been talked about before. Yeah, that so is
0: whenever,
1: very bad. So whenever we say something, we often stand on the shoulders of giants. So, whatever Einstein said, if I am saying something after Einstein, I stand on the shoulders of Einstein. I mm-hmm. will be two steps ahead of Einstein. Mm-hmm. But I cannot take the whole credit for myself. Yeah. So, I may stand on the shoulders of giants, but it's only moral. The right thing to do is to give, cite- give citation, give credit on the, give credit. Cite the giants on a shoulder you are standing. Yeah. So, and I, I, I was telling, I, I heard this question because see, it very rarely happens that uh, you are totally innocent and innocent plagiarism, it very rarely happens. So most of the times the researcher knows that he's doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think <laughs> the best way to avoid plag, avoid plagiarism is be honest.
0: So how, how much time does it take to write a research paper? Like, can you give an average figure um, and how can we
1: reduce that time? See, it depends on the topic and depends on the type of research you are doing. Uh, for example, you are doing a purely legal research, like doctrinal research. You are uh, the purely legal research. Uh, a few weeks a month should be sufficient. I think a few weeks should be sufficient. But okay, one month, two months, that's also understandable. If you are working really hard, and if you are devoting like two to three hours per day, then it may take around three to four months. Uh, okay.
0: And actually, see
1: the main how, time. How
0: can we reduce it? Uh,
1: okay. Uh, so. For empirical legal research, it may take much more time because for mm-hmm. empirical legal research, much depends on how you collect the data. How to reduce that? Uh, in fact, uh, there are a lot of ways in which you can um make the uh, make your legal research much uh, much more efficient, time efficient. The most helpful tip I think I can share is see, uh, like there are general tips like be consistent, be punctual, uh, don't procrastinate. Those are general tips, right? Everyone says mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. I think the most practical tip I can uh, share here. It's the note card system by Ran Holiday. So it can be found on uh, YouTube or uh, you can f- simply YouTube or uh, search on YouTube. What is the note card system of Ran Holiday? He's a very famous author and he uses this note card system. So to uh, state in simple terms, what he does whenever doing literature review or whenever doing any background research, anything, or whenever doing any reading, or any he watch watches he goes to a lecture, he attends a lecture, or he comes across any relevant idea, any great interesting idea. He simply notes every single point and idea onto four into six note cards, index cards. Mm -hmm. So what happens actually, I also follow the same pattern. See when you take notes, you face a lot of difficulty in arranging them. Arranging notes, it can be very daunting. When you note one idea per note card, you can jumble up the note cards, you can arrange them as you wish. So what I do, I actually keep notes whenever doing literature review, I keep taking notes. by the time I am finished with my literature review, usually I end up with some thousands or two thousand note cards and then I arrange them according to topics. It makes writing very easy. It makes the whole research process a cakewalk. So just try it. It's very
0: interesting. Yeah. And very- okay. It sounds uh, maybe difficult, um, no, but no I least. think it is uh, more, it's a better way. So because uh, you have a clear cut idea of what, is to be done when and how it will take place, right? And in fact,
1: uh, you can type it and print it out. That, uh, I prefer, I personally prefer when I write it. So that way, uh, when I write it with pen, that way, uh, I am also like giving on mind something to feed on. I am thinking about it. I am memorizing it. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Helpful. Yeah, that's helpful. So, uh, what are the common problems you have faced while drafting a research paper?
1: See, uh procrastination. It's a very real problem. Maybe uh, it may seem like everybody is talking about it. So maybe it's too often uh, talked about but really it's a very real problem. For some people very uh, once in a while some Einstein's come. So they get ideas out of nowhere but it's very rarely happens like that. Most often you have to work really hard work like consistently. But uh, another actually real very practical problem that nobody talks about is I am my expertise is in intellectual property and still I am saying this Copyright is the biggest hurdle in the face of research. So the it restricts access to many scholarly literature. Hmm. So see the very very purpose of knowledge and research is what is the point of researching something if I cannot pass on that knowledge to my next generation or to the, everybody else. No, that's
0: exactly yeah.
1: But copyright law it defeats that very purpose of research. And in fact, it's a, it's a it's sort of my personal opinion. Like there can be debates from the other side also. But yeah, I and think, also
0: your fellow copyright lawyers will be against you. <laughs> <In> fact, <laughs>
1: and, but I think, uh, see, uh, like copywriting music, copywriting stories that's perfectly okay. But what's the point of copywriting legal uh, research that is done by university professors? See, the university professors are being paid by the government. We are paying, we are paying taxes to governments and the government is paying the copyright professor solely for this objective. That university professors can create knowledge public knowledge, and now the university professors who are paid who are paid from art access, they create knowledge, and the knowledge knowledge is again protected by private companies. We again have to pay elsewhere to access their research, so it's a sort of double taxation and the a second problem I come across is it's a uh, it's not of a problem for legal research, but if you are Trying to embark on a journey for empirical research or let's say interdisciplinary research, it's a very real problem. I'll be giving you an example. Recently, I was having this idea. Actually, I embarked on a research project. So, I was about to examine the uh, link between copyright law and socio-economic inequality. So, copyright as a system, it uh, it's actually expected to be uh, to promote the production of public goods, and at the same time, it uh, depends inequality divides. So, I was about to. uh, embark on a journey that will be collecting data from across India. So I was about to uh, write a powerful paper, research paper on that, that I was expecting that would shape copyright policy in the years to come. But the biggest problem I faced was the first thing this COVID pandemic restricted my travel. So uh, the data collection could not be uh, fast enough. And the second problem is uh, the access to data, actually uh, much of the data regarding the buying trends of people or how people buy books, the book buying data, these data, these are held by corporate corporate companies like Amazon or Flipkart and they don't share it with all any researcher. They have this corporate state policy and all that. So availability of data that's a real problem. So here, what was my problem? I didn't plan my research through. So lack of a research plan, a thorough research plan should be there like which data are you going to collect from where are you planning to get those data so, I think a lack of a thorough research plan, that can be a real problem. Uh, that's, I think, the two main problems. One is accessibility to quality literature, and second is uh, access to data.
0: So, this, these two uh, points, if one follows, it will be very easy. Like, the, the first is the thorough research plan, and second one is the note card system. I think even people, if they follow these two things, it would be very easier for them to get into this path. Yeah. In fact. Um, so for a young law student or a young lawyer uh, what would you suggest how they must start writing a research paper if they are they want to start writing would it be better to start writing from the when they are studying itself in the college or even they can start after that
1: actually writing a research paper there are two elements one is research another is writing right hmm. so doing a research investigation that's a different thing writing a research report it's a different thing in uh, in certain fields like biology or mainly uh, natural sciences the writing skills do not matter that much the data is all but in fields like law and humanities writing skills matter a lot so getting the data getting your hands on data and analyzing it it's one thing but representing data in a very legible manner that's a different thing and that's equally important so i believe uh, regarding the writing part i believe people uh, people should be people should train themselves from a very early age and by early age, I don't mean even college, I mean from the school itself, school life itself. So writing, I think essay writing, it should be a habit. Talking about the law school, actually, uh, in the first year of law school, first year of first semester, I think for the first year, people should uh, focus extensively on uh, developing their legal writing, li- writing legal essay. So I think for the first initial year, they can ignore this research thing. They can start with re- uh, write only the writing, essay writing path. They can come up with legal articles, legal articles, legal essays, they are not exactly research paper. It's sort of an uh, essay, sort of an essay you are writing on a legal topic. I think they can do that. If you are having, if you have the habit of essay writing from school, like it and if you know the law, then I think as legal essays, legal articles that should not be a problem. From the second or third year onwards, I think uh, people should try, students should try to inculcate this legal risk, uh, research thing in, in, in them because from the second year onwards, uh, if I say something, let's say a mood court. In fact, this mood court legal research, it's a type of legal research only. So if I go to mood court and I say this man should be punished, nobody will hear me. I have to present it in a very legible manner. I have to say that, okay, this the literature says about he has committed this crime. This is, These are the facts. Then the question is whether he should be punished. Then I have done a literature review. The literature talks about these, these things, about the nature of crime he has committed. Then we can go to data. We say that this statute this this punishment for this crime then we can analyze this data this that this statute and all this literature will be applicable to the heinous nature of crime that this man has committed and then we can go to a conclusion therefore i hold i strongly argue that this person should be punished for this crime so i think a legal research it's a skill or it's not a skill uh, it's not a pro- it's less of a professional skill it's more of a very uh, personal skill it's it will be useful in day to day life whether you are, de- whether be it a dinner table debate, so we often debate on, on a dinner table regarding political inclination. Whether Modi is doing right or Rahul is doing right. So, irrespective of which party you support, it's very necessary that you, you take a scientific approach to your arguments. So, I think, uh, there is no time to start legal, legal research. There is no particular time. Uh, Jab jag ohi We have a saying in Hindi, like, whenever you wake up, that is your morning.
0: Oh, that was a good uh, conclusion, by the way. So, thanks Anshuman for this informative conversation on legal research. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this episode, then you must also check out other episodes available here and follow us so that you don't miss out on a new episode. Thanks Anshuman. Thanks a lot.